Parshas Matos Masai, learning tolerance. At the end of Sefer Bamidbar, we see a remarkable thing. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is talking now to the Am Yisrael about coming into Eretz Canaan. And he says like this, Ki ani Hashem shochen bitoch b'nei Yisrael. For I, Hashem, dwell in the midst of the sons of Yisrael. It's the conclusion now of that great experience. The 40 years in the wilderness. And finally, they're getting the haskama of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You've succeeded. I'm proud of you. You're worthy now that I can dwell in your midst. Now the question is, what made them so great? So great that they deserved this praise from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You know, the Jewish history is like a book. And it's a book being written by the Am Yisrael even today. Whatever we are doing today, when we live virtuous lives, or learning Torah, or build more yeshivas, when we establish from families, and when we achieve perfection of character... Whatever it is that we're doing, we are writing sentences and chapters in that book, which will someday be a great history. But nobody can write a successful book willy-nilly without guidance. And so, before we were permitted to set out to write our history, we were given a preface with models to follow. I don't know if you ever saw the old school books that were used to teach children how to write. It could be it's the same even today. In the beginning of the book, They had written in a nice handwriting all the letters and even some paragraphs. And the rest of the book was blank pages. So you turn to the beginning and study those printed letters. And in the blank pages that followed, you wrote down your own letters, copying that good handwriting. And after a while, you learned how to write in beautiful handwriting. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Dor HaMidbar so that we can look at them and utilize them as a model when we're writing the book of our own history throughout all of our generations. And therefore, it's important to understand in what way the Am Yisrael in the wilderness became especially worthy of Hashem's acclaim at the end of 40 years. Because what they achieved, and the way they achieved it, we are expected to model our own lives after that. I'm going to give the answer first with just one word. One word that will introduce our subject for tonight. I'll say the word, but remember, that's not the whole story. There's still a lot to say. What made them great? The answer is, they learned savlonus, to tolerate. When we look back at the Dora Midbar, we see that the nation was given a special training for 40 years. They underwent a schooling of savlonus. Now, if we're going to understand that, we have to study a little bit what it means to live in the wilderness. First, let's imagine what happened when they heard that they were going to stay in the wilderness for 40 years. Ooh, they were disappointed. Instead of going, Achad Asar Yom Mechorev, immediately to Eretz Canaan, they had to travel around in the Midbar. Ooh, what's going on? We thought we were traveling into Eretz Canaan. They were thinking already of the nice juicy figs and dates and big houses with gardens. And all of a sudden, they were told, 40 years in the Midbar. What a disappointment that was. You need Savlonus to take that. It's a tremendous test, a terrible test. You know what it means to live in the wilderness? They didn't live in houses like they did in Mitzrayim. Back in Mitzrayim, they had houses. The Chumash says that. And now they're intense. You need Savlanus if you're going to live 40 years 
in a tent. It's very inconvenient. And they had a lot of children in those days, so it was very difficult. Constantly, children were doing things. They were children, not angels. Children complain, they cry, they fight, and a mother has to listen to complaints. She has to listen to them, and she has to be able to tolerate it. It's not easy. And it's not only your own family. One of the features of the Midbar was the crowding together of all the people. Your neighbors were right there next to you. Your tent is here, and the next man's tent is right here. They didn't have any big space between them. And it wasn't houses with walls. It was cloth tents. When you have a couple of million people camping together in one small place, one tent near another, you have to learn savlonus. People could get on each other's nerves all the time. Maybe you want to take a nap, and the baby in the next tent is crying loud. He doesn't let you sleep. You have to have savlonus for neighbors like that. It's almost impossible for people to live together in such crowded conditions unless you are practicing Savlonos day and night. Not only your neighbors were crowding in on you. Every Jew had a mashkiach appointed over him. You know, in the yeshiva, let's say you have a yeshiva of a hundred boys. So there's a mashkiach who's watching the boys. And they feel it's too much. He's always looking at us. But in the midbar, for every nine people, there was one mashkiach. Sare asara means that of every ten people, one was appointed as a mashkiach to watch, and he had full authority over them. You realize what a straitjacket that was. It's a most uncomfortable form of existence. You had to be a big savlan because you were constantly being watched. Somebody was always looking over your shoulders. And for every hundred, there was another supervisor. And for every thousand, another supervisor. And so the nation in the Midbar was swarming with supervisors. Everybody was under the strictest control for 40 years. You know what that means, to be under constant scrutiny every minute. It was almost impossible to tolerate such supervision. You needed very much savlonus to live that way. They had to learn to be soivel Hashem too. After all, he didn't allow them any menucha. He never told them, settle in. In this place, we'll be staying for at least a month. Oh, no. Every day, they had to be on the alert. Maybe they'll hear the sound of the trumpets that will summon them to pull up the stakes of their tents and start moving. They never had any kind of security that they would remain in one place for longer than a day. It's true. In one place, they remained for 18 years. But the entire 18 years, every day, they were in trepidation. Every minute... The trumpets might sound and say, get moving. And then there was the diet. Here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out of Mitzrayim, and right away, there's no water. Three days with no water. You know what that means, no water? You're thirsty. The children are climbing the walls from thirst. You're irritated. You need savlonus for such a test. And food? What food? Vehaman, Kizra, Gad, the man was colorless, a light color, practically colorless. It means the most dull kind of menu. It was a difficult test. If your wife would serve you every day for one week the same thing exactly, you might feel a little irritated. Suppose she served you a month, the same thing, day and night, the same thing. I'm afraid what would be. 
and here for 40 years, that's all they had. Now all of you tzaddikim, you know that when they wanted to have a machshava of eating meat, it tasted like meat. But that wasn't so easy. It wasn't just like this meat and it becomes meat. No, it wasn't that easy. They had to sit down and say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a tov umetiv, and he's able to give me meat. And the man has all of the good things in it that meat can give me. And I would like to have the feeling that I am eating meat. And little by little, if you worked on it, you could get a certain amount of hana as if you ate meat. But it was only a matter of seichel. It didn't turn into meat. It was still man. And at any moment that he stopped using his seichel, it tasted like the same old man again. So he had to keep his mind on it constantly. And so even if you were from the good ones who could do that, it's a little bit tiresome. They would like to sit down and eat a piece of real meat, a red steak, and some wheat bread. Ah, to be able to chew a solid piece of bread, real food. But the man, always, day after day, to eat something that just your mind is telling you tastes good. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was creating a patient people. Day after day for 40 years, he was testing our tolerance and making a perfect nation from us. Whether you liked it or not, you learned to be a soivel, a patient fellow. You learned to accept your circumstances. It was the most remarkable period in our history, the most unusual period. And if you'll understand this, you will understand a big yisod. You know, some people think that because of the Miraglim, that's why they were sentenced to be 40 years in the Midbar. After all, it says openly in the Chumash, that reason. But there's a klal gadol in history that we have to learn. A very important rule as follows. Whatever happens was planned by Hashem beforehand. Merosh umikedem. Hashem wanted them to be 40 years in the Midbar. And so whatever your cheder Rebbe might have taught you, it's time to get this into your head right now. It was planned. In order to make this great generation even greater, even more perfect, so that they should be worthy of the encomium of Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had in mind from the beginning that they should not enter at its and that's because for that great generation, it was an opportunity. An opportunity for perfection of character. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin that when we were good friends, when our love was very great, Hashem said, we could sleep together on a very narrow place. But now, even a bed of 60 cubits is too narrow for us. It means this, when people are interested in perfecting their character, they can get along even in crowded and uncomfortable circumstances. Subsequently, when they were not so perfect, they weren't able to continue that way. So Hashem allowed them to scatter in the land of Canaan, and each one lived on his own farm, far away from each other. And there, they had stone houses and real food, and all of the ordinary conveniences of life. But in the Midbar, everything was set up to test them. They had to watch out what they said. What will the neighbor say? What will the Sare Asara say? It's the same food again. It's already 30 years. Every day, breakfast and supper, the same thing. We're traveling. We're not traveling. And therefore, they learned to accept the circumstances. And they became perfect in the Midbar. They lacked many conveniences. And they learned to grin and bear it. 
They learn to tolerate that strict limited diet. They learn to tolerate the scarcity of water and the inconvenience of living in tents. They learn to tolerate the necessity to travel sometimes long journeys on foot. After a while, they became accustomed to it. And little by little, they gained the perfection of Savlonus. Now, when a person is able to walk in the ways of this model generation with the thought of I'm doing it because you, Hashem, desire that I should do that. There's nothing better than that. That's an excellent way to live. However, we should know that we're not angels and therefore we have to climb a ladder. The Sulam Mutsav Artsa Viroisho Magia Hashamaima. First, you put your feet on the lower rung and then you start climbing. That's how we'll get to the top finally. And so we'll start climbing by recognizing that the Mida of Savlonus will be beneficial for us in Oilam Hazel living. First of all, your health. Learning to tolerate and have patience is very important for a person's welfare. Because when a person doesn't have Savlonus, when he's impatient, so he creates stress in himself. And what does stress do? The secretions of the glands caused by impatience and stress are always harmful. You have to know that this world is not a world of accidents. Forget about all the liars and the Rishoyim, the evolutionists and the scientists. Disregard what they tell you. Nothing is accidental in this world. A human body, any body, is so made that all the parts cooperate with each other. And that's true about everything. Even the emotions, the emotions and the body are built to cooperate. Good emotions are healthy for the body. When you're calm and happy, it's beneficial for your body. But when you're agitated and impatient, it's poison. I knew a man who never learned to be a savlan. And his patience was always running thin. Everything got on his nerves. The neighbors are on his nerves. His boss is on his nerves. His wife and children surely are on his nerves. His nerves were always on edge. Finally, one time, it went from his nerves to his heart. It was too much for his poor heart. And his heart stopped beating. They rushed him to the hospital, cut open his breast. And the doctor took the heart in his hand and tried to flex it. Nothing. It didn't move anymore. He was a young man, but he died because he never learned the importance of being a savlan in Oilam Hazeh. Not only in matters of the heart, also your kidneys. Many people, lo alechem, had kidneys shut down because of stress. Certain stress caused the kidneys to stop working. And even if it didn't stop working, they're so spoiled that they have to take insulin. They have diabetes now as a result of the stress. Here's a man I knew who was always fighting with his wife and he became blind eventually. And he died all alone. Now I don't want to blame him, but there's no question he could have avoided everything. He wouldn't have been blind because we know that Ashisha Mika'as Eni. We say it every day in Tachnun. My eye became worn out from Ka'as. You hear that? If you're excited and irritated all the time, it affects your eyes. I'm not blaming him. I don't know who was at fault, but had he learned the art of Savlonus, he could have lived with his wife and he would have been alive today. And so that's definitely a rung you can use to begin climbing the ladder of Savlonus. If you enjoy your kidneys and your heart and your eyes, so get busy training yourself to be patient. 
but it's not only your health. The Mida of Savlanus will make you successful in business too. People who conduct their businesses are constantly working on the quality of Savlanus because you can't make it in business if you're not patient. You have to suffer from your customers. That's how it is. You can't have a grocery store unless you're a very patient man. Even if you're not, you have to practice ostensibly the Mida of Savlanus to your customers. Otherwise, you won't have any. Even a Malamed has to suffer from his students. If a Malamed is impatient with the children, he loses his job. And so it pays for you. It pays in this world for people to practice up on this Mida of Savlanus. Your health will improve. Your Parnassa will improve. Your life will improve. So many troubles will be avoided. When we look around us and see what happens in the lives of people, we'll see tragedies upon tragedies. Widespread sorrows, ruined lives. It's a magefa, especially today. Many times lives are shortened and families are broken because they didn't have patience. A little savlanus, a few minutes of patience would have saved them. Here's a woman, a kolel wife. The landlord had been bothering her for the last couple of months. They didn't pay any rent yet. They have a family of children. It's Ed of Shabbos on a short Friday. The children are making noise and fighting in the house. And she's nervous. The landlord might come any minute and ask her again. And then the bathroom. The toilet became stuffed and the water overflowed from the bathroom into the kitchen. And she's standing there with a mop, mopping up. And the children are shouting. And she is at the top of the ladder of stress. Suddenly, the husband comes in from the koilel and he says, What's this? A madhouse? She became so disappointed. So angry, he came in from the outside and she had been all day long with the children and here she's struggling to clean up the floor with the water. So what happened? She picked up the mop and she hit him in the face with the wet mop. What happened afterwards, I don't want to describe. Tragedy of tragedies. There was a nervous breakdown and a long period of hospitalization afterwards. Of course, there was a divorce, Nebuch. A tragedy. Now suppose this woman, I'm not blaming her at all, but suppose she would have listened to the lesson of the Dor Hamidbar who trained themselves to be accepting of all of the difficulties that came their way. Suppose she would have made up her mind ahead of time. When my husband comes in, no matter what he'll say, I won't let it bother me. I'll let it pass. In two minutes, the Nisoyen would have been over. Two minutes of keeping quiet, of Savlanus. And she could have saved herself a ruined life. I can tell you stories and stories like that. Here's a man who lived in the same house as his father-in-law. His father-in-law was a Talmud Chacham. And the wife would constantly say, My father says it's not right. Don't do it that way. It was a burden on him. Constantly he's hearing about his father-in-law. It's coming out of his nose already. You shouldn't give your son-in-law any advice, by the way. Never give him any advice. Money you can give him and cover too, but don't give him any advice. But this father-in-law was generous with advice and he lived upstairs too. Well, one day, this man came home and he had trouble in the office where he worked. Nobody has it so easy in this world. Money doesn't grow on trees. He came home tired. And the wife said something to him. Her father had criticized him for something. 
he flew off the handle. And on that same day, he took an airplane and traveled somewhere. He left the country. I'm a shugana. He lost his head. He was sorry immediately. As soon as he landed in the foreign country, he called up long distance and told his wife where he is. She said, stay there. And it was a divorce. Oy! He had to leave home. He left his children. He died young as a result. A beautiful young man. A tragedy. If only he would have come to this lecture and learned about Savlonus. A husband and wife must have patience with each other. And even though sometimes one of them is very unreasonable, nevertheless, don't yield to that impulse to lose your patience. No matter what he'll say or what she'll say, even if it's unfair criticism, be patient. Sometimes in two minutes, it's all over. Sometimes not. Sometimes it's 40 years. But whatever it is, that's your opportunity for success in this world. And so if you're going to ask me how you can work on Savlonas, I could tell you to learn from Sephorim, to work on understanding what it means bitachan, and what it means to learn from the models that Hashem put into the Torah. That would be a good piece of advice, to study the Chumash with that intention, and to say, I'm going to try as much as possible to be like my forefathers. Very good, excellent. But still, I say that the first thing is to use the idea that it pays for you in this world. The more I am patient, the better off I am. I'll be healthier and wealthier and happier. You'll be more popular too. That's the plain truth. A man who is able to control himself gets more popular. A patient person will be well-liked. Your neighbors will like you. Your employer will like you. Your family will like you better too. You know, if a wife is angry at her husband, she loses out. She'll gain more with her husband if she's patient. A husband loses out with his wife. If he shows anger to her, he loses out by being patient. They gain popularity with each other. Now, when you hear that, you say, are we doing it for that purpose? Is that avoid Hashem if you're doing it for health, for popularity, for business? Yes. That's why we're doing it. It's selfish. It's very good to be selfish. It's common sense. That's how you climb the ladder to Hashem. You have to think, I'm going to work on achieving patience for my own benefit. It's not Musr. It's not Yirath Shamaim. It's the Pashat idea that it's good for me in this world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself tells us the physical advantages of good Midas. Constantly he warns against wrong midas and the physical results. For instance, Ufoite tamit kina. Envy kills the fool. Eof. Why should he say anything about envy not being good for your health? Who cares about health right now? We're tzaddikim here. We're talking toira and midas. And oivet Hashem should do it only l'shem shamayim. No. He tells us the physical benefit of avoiding envy. Jealousy could kill you. So we begin to see something of a chiddush when a person undertakes to practice good qualities of character and he's motivated at first by the desire to benefit himself. Hashem smiles upon him and favors him. Yes, Hashem wants you to use that incentive. And so before we proceed to the next rung on the ladder of Savlanas, we're going to sum up what we've said until now. Patience is for our benefit 
in oilam hazeh, for our health, for our success in business, for everything. You must have patience for success in oilam hazeh. The model of the wilderness generation was taught to us for our benefit, because when you look around, you'll see that so many of the tragedies of life could have been averted if people would have learned the Das Torah of patience. Savlanus is one of the great forms of insurance for happiness in Oilam Hazeh. You're paid off in this world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects from us that we should look for that benefit. It's not considered a decrease in Avaidas Hashem. When one uses this world to learn the greatness of the Midah of patience, and therefore, the first step to become a Savlan, a patient person, is to understand that the Midah of patience is excellent for Oilam Hazeh. Now, everything we spoke about up until now is very good. It's excellent. The Midah of Savlanus is excellent for Oilam Hazeh. And if we stop the lecture right now, your trip here tonight would have been well worth it. You'd thank me for the good advice, and we could all go home now. But if that's all it was, it wouldn't be worthy of those words of encomium, of great praise from the mouth of Hashem at the end of the 40 years. You are worthy of having me dwell in your midst. And so we have to climb the ladder a little bit higher and understand what it really means to be a soivel, how important it really is to become a person who has acquired the midah of savlanus. I'll quote from the Chayvus Lavovus, Shara Avoidus Elohim, Perekes. I'll say it in English. The Creator created you from nothing, and He wishes to elevate your status in this world to the status of His very best, to be like His angels. Now pay attention to this important principle. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought you into this world to become better and better and to become the best that we can become. That's it. And so if someone will ever ask you why you're in this world, now you know what to say. I'm here to become as good as I can be. And included in that, says the Chayvus Lavavas, is Lahalotcha El Ma'alat Ha'elyonim Ha'sovlim. To elevate man until he reaches the degree, as much as possible, of the angels who can tolerate everything. So you'll ask me, what's the big deal? Angels have no free will anyhow. Now, whether angels have free will or not is not a question. I won't discuss it right now. But angels certainly are suffering for the sake of Hashem. Because angels, you have to know, are intelligent. And intelligence reacts to certain situations. And yet he fulfills his purpose no matter what difficulties he must undergo. He fulfills his purpose without any reaction to difficulties at all. And that's what Hashem wants to raise us up to in this world. That we should train ourselves to be sovlim. People who can bear and tolerate things just like the malachim. And so it's an ideal of ours. A tremendous avoida. An important part of our perfection in this world is to become great. Like the malachim, hasoivlim, in their extraordinary patience. You have to learn to take it. Like they say, grin and bear it. Now it's easier said than done. Because in a very big way, savlanus means one thing. Savlanus means... Emuna, that it all comes from Hashem. When he's impatient, when he complains, he thinks it happened from some other reason. 
not from Hashem. But when a person understands that it all comes from Hashem, that's the smooth lining that makes patience possible. You know you have a slippery lining inside of your jacket sleeves. So when you put your hand in, it shouldn't get snagged on the rough wool. You put your hand in and your hand slips down into the sleeve like grease. Well, the lining of Savlonus is Amuna and Bitochan. If you forget about Takadosh Baruch So you'll get snagged on this or that. But if you are aware of your purpose here, to raise yourself up to the level of the Malachim HaSovlin, so you're ready to face the world. It will be much smoother as Hashem puts you through the ringer of life, making you into an angel. And now you know why those tough customers came along in your life. That's why the tough situations come along in order to give you the opportunity to become a Sovlon. That's why it's so important to be married. A bachelor, even though he might be a fine young man, but he is a rough diamond. A rough diamond has to be rubbed until it is polished. When he gets married, he has to rub against his wife and children in the house. He has to rub against his neighbors. He has to make a living and deal with a boss. He's getting polished every day. It's like stones in a stream of water. When the water flows over the stones, it rubs against them, and they all become smooth. That's why all the stones in the bed of the stream are round and smooth. There are no sharp points left because the constant friction makes them nice and round. By being together with people and getting along with them successfully, you become nice and round. No more sharpness left on you. Every person has within him greatness. HaKadosh Baruch Hu breathed into man at the very beginning of creation. He breathed greatness into every person. But the greatness is concealed in its potential. The question is, how do you bring it forth? How do you bring forth that potentiality? How do you turn it into actuality? A person takes the treasures of his neshama and makes it come to the surface by means of living, by struggling and practicing. And that's why, to a very big extent, our patience is always being tested. You won't escape it because it's Hashem's plan. One way or another, He'll test your patience. And if you're able to tolerate things, if you're a soivel, you should know that there's a change taking place gradually in you. You're becoming greater and greater. You're raising yourself to the level of the Malachim HaSovlim. That's how to make use of your life. Sometimes we're persecuted by Goyim. People call me on the phone and they tell me that they're suffering from their neighbors. He blocks my driveway. His children walk on my lawn. For some people, the hot weather tests their patience. For others, it's the cold of winter, the rain, the snow. Then there come certain illnesses in life and old age. Often a person has to tolerate things that are not changeable. Khalila, if a person, let's say, is disabled, it's not easy to tolerate that. It's always something, and it's always a test. Will you tolerate it? Will you be soivel and live with it, even with all the difficulties that are involved? You are already a success. Suppose you're a Rebbe, a Mechanech, you have a class of boys. It requires a lot of patience, a lot of savlonus. Now, some Rebbe's are failing that test. They don't act with patience. They might even call a boy a dummy. As a boy, I remember I was smacked by my Rebbe. I was smacked by my Rebbe, and I left the cheder. He thought I was the worst one. 
I went to another cheder. I was smacked up there too. I left. And somebody said, he's rejecting all of the chadarim. Wherever he goes, he's rejected. They didn't have patience for me. So it's your job as a Rebbe to practice patience, but not only for the Talmidim. That also is important, by the way, because very often a patient Rebbe will bring out the best in his Talmidim. But for the Rebbe too, he brings about the best in himself when he trains himself in patience. When a person lives according to a program of being soivel all the time, he becomes a patient person. And the more he does it, the higher and higher he is raised. Anybody who profits from his experiences and he learns to take it, he persists in a calm and accepting attitude to the bumps on the road of life. That person is acquiring the Mida of Savlanus and is accomplishing his purpose here. And so now he thanks HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he gave him such a small apartment. He says, thank you Hashem for a wife who gives me the same supper every night. Thank you Hashem for this difficulty and for that difficulty. Because he knows that living with patience is giving him the success he came into this world to achieve. Otherwise, when he'll come to the next world, he'll look back and regret. Ah, what a glorious opportunity it was, and I didn't utilize it properly. This mean neighbor who was making trouble for me, his children used to come out and make trouble for me. He was a firm Jew, but he was a very unpleasant neighbor. I didn't understand what a great gift it was. Oh, I'm so sorry. If I could come back to this world for a little while, just for one day, I'd know how to handle him now. I'd become wealthy. I'd become great because of him. And if you're lucky, Hashem will keep polishing you until the end. You know there was a man named Nachum Ishgamzu? It means Nachum of Gamzu. He came from a town called Gimzu. But he was a man who didn't live just by accident. He said, I am going to call it Gamzu, because whatever happens to me, I am going to say Gamzu Litova. Whatever happens is good, because it's testing my patience, and I'm polishing myself. He was born in Gimsubut, but he said, Gimsu means Gamzu, and Gamzu Litova. Now the Gemara describes the end of Nachum Ish Gamzu's life. He was very ill in his old age. His last days, he was suffering. And still with everything, he continued to say about everything, Gamzu Litova, down to his last day. Now the question is, he was such a good man. He had such emuna. He had learned to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu and everything. So wasn't it enough? He had to be polished down to the last minute of his life. The answer is, Yes, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that he was benefiting by it. And if that is the case, let's bring forth from this man all that he possesses. So even when he was lying ill on his deathbed, in his pain, in his last agonies, he was still saying, I, Gamzulatova, because he's accepting it. And that tolerance and patience means even more polishing, more perfection, Gam. Zulatova, it's good for me. It's a very good thing. Here is a man lying on his bed. He knows he doesn't have much time left. He's 119 years old, let's say. And he knows that soon he will die. But he is very uncomfortable. He is in great pain and he's rolling on his bed. In fact, they put him on a special bed with walls on both sides so he shouldn't fall off. 
and he is rolling around back and forth in his agony. But this man once learned when he was young that being a soivel means that you're polishing your neshama. And so he says, I am going to utilize my last minutes. In the midst of my tzoros, I am not going to concentrate on my pain. I'm going to say, Hashem, I know it is for my benefit. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bringing forth from me now in my last minutes, whatever I can bring forth, no matter what, I accept it. That is the greatness of man. Who knows how to utilize his life properly? It's the success of a person who knows that the generation of the wilderness found favor in the eyes of Hashem because they lived lives of patience, of accepting whatever Hashem put to them. And he understands that it's a model for his life too. When we emulate the Dor HaMidbar, we are acquiring a great Otsar of Shlemus, a treasury of perfection that we will take with us forever and ever in Olam Haba. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's get practical. Accepting challenges and learning patience. The 40 years of tribulation in the wilderness were very difficult indeed. But they brought out the best in us. The Chayvah Salavavas teaches that our purpose in life is to become elevated to the degree of the angels who tolerate whatever they are tasked with by Hashem. This week... I will work on internalizing the lesson that everything is from Hashem and it's all for the best. I will blineder say, this too is for the good or all that Hashem does is for the good. Three times every day this week in my effort to grow and become a better servant of Hashem.